In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? And get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman, and this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today, we have a really special episode with a special guest. Of course, it's MLK Day, and in that spirit, we wanted to get some insight into how grassroots groups are organizing around democracy and voter participation. So we're joined today by Josel Torres of Democracy and CA, a nonpartisan group working to do exactly that, increase voter participation and get more people involved in elections and the democratic process. Thanks so much for being with us today. Hey, everyone. Thank you for having me. This is uh, certainly an important issue as we head into 2022. Yeah, definitely. So we're speaking with you during such a timely week. I reached out at the perfect time. And that's why I want to talk to someone at the center who's understands the gerrymandering drama that's going on right now. You know, as we sort of have been reading about potential threats to democracy and participation and uh, things that could make it harder for people to get the representation that is best for them. North Carolina and redistricting has definitely been kind of at the center of that. And there's been some real developments with North Carolina's maps. So can you tell us really broadly, because I've seen you've been covering every development with this, what's happening with gerrymandering in North Carolina right now? Sure. So if we look at the whole timeline of the North Carolina redistricting cycle and the redistricting cycle that's happening across the nation, the 2020 census was released late last year, and that really provided a wealth of information for lawmakers, for the publics, for advocates to really understand the changes and shifts that have happened in the past 10 years that can then allow those districts to be drawn fairly or unfairly, as we're seeing here in North Carolina and and in other states. So to give a quick brief timeline. In the beginning of August, the first uh, North Carolina redistricting committee was held. Democracy NC alongside other coalition partners, including the Southern Coalition for Social Justice and Common Cause here in North Carolina, put together letters, demand letters that really said, hey, we need a fair, transparent, inclusive redistricting process. We sent three letters total um, as the meetings were held. They were given short notice of when those meetings were going to happen, where those locations were, those locations were changing. So we're just seeing so many stark differences of the last process and this process of redistricting and how the public is kind of being shut out of that. It was pretty interesting when we look at the reasoning why um, they the verdict came out in the way it did. Um, so a three-judge panel upheld... Which was that the maps are... Um, so a three-judge panel upheld that the partisan gerrymanders that created the maps were consistent as far as the Constitution allows, even though they stated in their huge brief that it was partisan gerrymandering and that it it will ensure that there will be a heavy Republican leaning. So the courts recognized that it was partisan gerrymandering. The courts recognized that this is going to heavily favor Republicans, even though our state is 
quote unquote purple state. And they're leaving it now to the Supreme Court of North Carolina. Got it. Got it. So what do you think happens next? Are you hopeful that as this gets elevated, there might be a different outcome? Um, how how are you and your colleagues feeling at this stage? Sure. Yeah, I mean, confident that the North Carolina Supreme Court is going to find that the evidence that we found of partisan bias, um, the attacks that's happening on the black representation and the um, representation of diverse communities, including indigenous populations here um, in North Carolina is extremely skewed with these maps, doesn't represent the will of the people and actually takes away um, their opportunity to vote for people that even look like them or represent them. Um, So we're hoping that the Supreme Court will be a voice of reason and will side with the voters and the will of the people to ensure that we pick our leaders and our leaders aren't picking the voters what we're seeing with these maps. Yeah, yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about how the proposed new maps change the landscape for candidates, both from black and brown communities who want to represent who want to run for office or impact representation for the people in those communities themselves? Today, we have the freedom to vote. John R. Lewis Act that came out. Um, And that's really exciting because the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act would prevent this type of uh, racial gerrymandering and the dilution of Black representation that we're seeing here in North Carolina with these maps. Every map or every district that was drawn in these maps specifically either pits an incumbent person of color against another incumbent of a diverse population, or it pits women against other women in the North Carolina um, congressional representation too. So we're seeing how, like with surgical precision that these districts were drawn to specifically gain either a Republican advantage or in heavily Democratic districts pitting qualified candidates candidates of either color or of a, a different genders against one another. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So I assume based on all of this, North Carolina is one of the states that has a state legislature handle the drawing or do they give it to a commission? How are, how are the maps? Who, do, who drew these maps in the first place? North Carolina General Assembly has a majority 
GOP majority right now. So they are able to draw the maps. They are able to shape what the committee um, agenda is. They are able to shape the public committees and hearings and dates and locations um, and how fast those move. And they're also able to um, work throughout the case this week. Um, They're working also with outside consultants. Um, There were secret maps that were found this week um, that Destin Hall and other North Carolina General Assembly members were actually looking at. And then when the court asked for them this week, they couldn't magically find them. And the folks that were working for them at that time no longer work for them now. So North Carolina General Assembly does have full control We have been calling for an independent redistricting commission for years now. We actually had a bill in 2018 that had bipartisan support for an independent redistricting committee here um, in North Carolina. And those efforts have just been constantly squashed by folks Mm -hmm. that are trying to sabotage our elections, um, by folks that are trying to pick their voters instead of voters picking their leaders. Um, And we really saw inflamed this year in a connection with the big lie and the overall election administration sabotage that we're seeing. So all these little pieces, racial gerrymandering, partisan gerrymandering, and then the general election attacks that we're having that are also coming out of the North Carolina General Assembly um, are all connected. Yeah, yeah. As you mentioned earlier, that North Carolina is kind of a, a quote unquote pur- purple state. I'm, I'm from there too, and it is always very striking that it can actually feel half and half. And depending on where you are, you can just like everybody around you can have the same ideas, but they're radically different, you know, based on the community. So I'm curious, how, how do you think North Carolina embodies the national discussion about the way the electorate is changing and and leaders are reacting to those changes? And how do you think it's it's actually just unique? Sure. So as of last week, a total of 34 cases are pending either at the congressional or at the legislative level in 12 states when we talk about the maps, the ra- either racially gerrymandered maps, regular maps, or maps made by an independent commission. Um, so of these cases, 18 are pending in federal court and 16 are in the state court. And so We have cases happening all along the country right now, and North Carolina is a barometer of that because of us being a quote-unquote purple state. So we have a supermajority in our North Carolina General Assembly, and we have a governor that's a Democrat. So a lot of the power that's traditionally held in the North Carolina General Assembly would go to the governor and then would get passed, we're seeing Mm. the governor take a stance on either bills that are attacking our general election or bills that are attacking voting freedoms. The one thing that the governor can't do is veto a bill on redistricting. Um, And so we're we're definitely a state that the national folks are watching because of that. We're not just a supermajority one way or just a supermajority another way. And now that the case is going to the North Carolina Supreme Court, just yesterday in Ohio, the Ohio Supreme Court struck down Republican-drawn state legislative maps that were supposed to take effect for the primary in May um, because they were racially gerrymandered. So that's a huge win in Ohio. Um, And that just happened yesterday. The Ohio Supreme Court struck that down. And when we think of Ohio, tend to think of a red state. So to see that happen in Ohio and to see uh, that judge, including a, a, a conserv- 
conservative leading judge side with the voters. We're hoping that same thing happens here in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is that is exciting. I feel like these two stories have kind of been paired together. So I hope that I guess now I hope that continues. How would the outcome of North Carolina's redistricting process impact national politics? I mean, just from a purely, you know, we know that these midterm races are going to be super, super close. Do you think the way these maps shake out could go as far as impacting who gets a majority in Congress? I definitely think that is how the bad actors were um, (laughs) using the maps, right? Somebody does. (laughs) So somebody was recognizing that, hey, if we make this a heavily leaning conservative GOP districts and we take away, so the districts that we had was really competitive. It was like seven and seven. Also need to mention that North Carolina grew so much in population that we actually gained a representative from the 2020 census. So we had 13 federal representatives and now we have 14. So just knowing Based that Based on the way my another- mom talks about how much it's growing, <laughs> you'd think it would be so many more. She's like, there's yes, now a new house, there's houses everywhere. <laughs> we didn't get the Ikea in Cary, but that's okay. Um, and so, yes, the state is growing. Fortnite got in a congressional rep- seat. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so we know that we're growing. Everyone has eyes on that and that those maps are now going to dictate that representation. So we went from a really seven competitive districts to 10 districts that are basically guaranteed to have GOP folks fill those seats. And so I think another layer to this when we think about the app. It is. It is. It like, you know, seven, seven out of 14. That's like 50, 50. That's the way our voters are showing their voting. That's the way either unaffiliated or Republican or Democrat registered voters are showing like we're we are really a purple state. We have such a diverse um, population and values um, in rural areas and, and in cities and stuff. I think another thing to add to this discussion is the attacks that are we're potentially seeing on the Supreme Court itself. So you have the three branches of government, you have separations of power. And now we have those same folks that are in the General Assembly that have held power through previously gerrymandered maps that now continue to hold power and are grabbing even more power with these new gerrymandered maps. And now they're trying to attack the Supreme Court justices that are going to be voting on these maps. Um, So we're starting to see that come out. The Supreme Court is supposed to be the most neutral. And really, it is when we look at the folks that are on our Supreme Court, very neutral, um, have an incredible history of uh, governing here in North Carolina and, and a great, you know, resume when it comes to the cases and the things that they've been a part of. And so when we hear uh, Phil Berger, um, Dallas Woodhouse and other folks come out and say, wow, <laughs> we should impeach these judges on these specific cases that have to do with voting rights and voter freedoms. They haven't even ruled, but they're priming and they're getting that message out to their base and they're getting folks inflamed. Um, And our Supreme Court is honestly the most protected thing that we really need to kind of look ahead of. Um, And so that's why yesterday Ohio's Supreme Court ruling was really exciting because it was bipartisan. We want that same thing here in North Carolina. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is such, I think this is such fascinating information. It's so interesting to hear. I mean, we hear more broadly about voting rights challenges and threats and gerrymandering, but to see how uh, people are fighting it on like an operational level and using the unique local context to sort of help their case and fight back is just awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about your work at uh, Democracy NC, how you and your team participate in this and how people can get involved? Yeah, so Democracy North Carolina has been around for 30 years. We'll be celebrating our 30th birthday in 2022. So we definitely are a trusted, uh, founded organization here in North Carolina. We started off in the 90s, um, specifically looking at campaign finance, who's funding campaigns, how are campaign finance laws, um, you know, uh, affecting things like uh, prisons, local prisons and sheriff campaigns. How does prisons and prison gerrymandering affect population oh counts and affect resources that, um, you know, are allocated to districts that have more Giselle, population? that's one that of the is- darkest phrases I've ever heard. Prison gerrymandering. Oh, yeah, it's holy a shit. Real thing. You get a sheriff campaign. You have you know, construction company that's interested in building a new prison in your area, you fill that prison. And then now that population gets counted. So when you get like a school budget or a transportation budget, you can have an area that's really, uh, you know, represents one population, but with prison gerrymandering, you're able to kind of fluff um, right. and falsely represent the, the And I'm going to guess we don't prisons. restore voting rights to everybody in those prisons. <laughs> well, there actually was a case. So uh, for so for justice is a really great partner um, that advances uh, voting freedoms for uh, formerly incarcerated folks and returning citizens. And so when there was actually a case and there's a case still pending for rights restoration and for felony disenfranchised voters here in North Carolina. Um, A lower court actually sided with um, those voters. And then within a day, um, an appeal came out. So that case we're hoping Mm -hmm. to see um, in the next few months alongside a voter ID case. Um, So there's really a lot up in the air for North Carolina. Um, So when I think of Democracy NC and what we've been doing, we just want to be a vehicle of information, of resources for you to understand all of this that's happening in an accessible way. A lot of this stuff is happening, like you said, like, so like intricate and policy driven. That's on purpose. That's like the foundation of making it inaccessible. Um, And so we want to make it accessible. We want to make that information available. We want to make sure you're registered to vote. We want to make that an easy process, especially in a pandemic that's still raging. We want to make sure that you're able to vote from home, vote from home safely. um, If that's an option for you, if you're a working family, um, if you're uh, like a a homebound senior um, or other folks. And then we also want to make sure that the voting sites that are open on voting day, whether in the primary or in the general election, also are safe. Um, They're big enough for the regions that Mm -hmm. they're in. They have enough poll workers. Um, The poll workers also feel safe. They have appropriate PPE. They're getting paid hazard pay um, in a pandemic. Um, And they're nonpartisan as well. We have a vote protector program. Um, And in 2020, we had over 2,000 vote protectors across the state um, for the general election in big, bright yellow shirts. So you show up to your polling location, you either realize, oh, 
this is not my polling location, or I moved, or something's wrong. And you can go to this person, this volunteer, this vote protector. We have a voter assistant hotline, 188R-VOTE, that you can call, that that vote protector can call. And we work directly with the County Board of Elections to make sure you can get to your voting location or whatever your question is and have that answered in real time. So our vote protector program has been going on for years now, um, and it's a really big portion of what we do in um, in major years like 2022, like 2020, and like 2024 ahead. Um, we have a big get out the vote effort. So we work with faith-based communities, college campuses, um, other organizations on the ground, working with local advocates and community members. And we make sure we give them the resources to get folks to register to vote. Um, and if there's any changes, like something like a voter ID, um, we update in real time and as fast as we can to get those resources out too. Um, and then we also have a local county board of election monitoring program. Um, so throughout the year, there are county board elections that happen, folks that sit on those county board of elections and make those decisions, um, administrators, um, folks that help make the elections happen like before they happen, <laughs> they're, they're working all year yeah. round. Um, and we make sure folks are monitoring those too. Um, we just want to make sure everything is like free and fair and safe and equitable. Totally. And I mean, as you're going through, it's like people being able, people, it's even as simple as people knowing where to vote and when and knowing it's going to be smooth when they get there is is so huge. So definitely um, get involved with the group. If you live in North Carolina, obviously Democracy NC, but I know you definitely have peers across the country. Thank you so much. That is our show. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman, and this is the Betcha Sub Podcast. The Betcha Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.